Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pa, pa, pa. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along. It's another episode of The Twits Odyssey. We are, of course, working our way gradually through Roald Dahl's classic book, The Twits. Uh, we set the scene quite early on, uh, establishing that Roald Dahl is a bit of a cunt. Mm. Uh, we're not sure about Quentin Blake, who uh, did the illustrations. We're on the fence about him. I think we're giving um, him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's old and his website kind of gives off the vibe that he just doesn't want to fucking engage anymore. So that's fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you know, there'll be a top flight time machine website after we finish doing this podcast, after we've knocked this on the head. And what? we'll... we'll Run we'll, by our sons. Yeah. Well, we're going to hand the podcast on to our sons, aren't we? That's the plan, I think, yeah. eventually. We'll hand it over to them. And, of course, we'll re- retain uh, a percentage of the uh, the income. We both have daughters as well, but before you write in saying why aren't your daughters involved, it's because, frankly, our daughters are have no interest in any of our activities <laughs> output. And, and would like to distance themselves for, as far as possible from yeah. any of them, which yeah. we understand and respect. Yeah, of course. I mean, to be fair, um, my daughter is f- vaguely interested in doing a podcast because... My son, I do one with my son called Beans yeah. on Toast. Oh, yeah. If no, you yeah. haven't heard it, check Very it good out. podcast, yeah. As they say, uh, we do that. And he's beginning to make a few quid a month from the adverts in it. Really? He's making he's exciting. a little bit of tickle from that. And for a 12-year-old lad, you know, it means he hasn't got to go out and do a paper round or anything like that. He's very yeah. pleased with himself. Yeah, it's yeah. It's just, just enough to keep him in Haribo and... Um, oh. All, the, all this sort of stuff. I mean, obviously, like I split my share of the Earth Tournament T-shirt proceeds with Len. Do you? Right? Mm. Well, you know, he's, it's obviously it's his, it's his IP and blah blah. So I, you know, I weigh him in on that, and that obviously, you know, did interest my daughter when she saw yeah. that he was on the make. Yeah. So she, I can't see it in a podcast, but what it has done is get a more interested in designing stuff and, and learning <laughs> ways in which you can sell it. Yeah, and those kind of that kind of entrepreneurship is really good for young people. I think because it's great. Yeah. because there's there's not many jobs anymore. Do you no, know what I mean? They're all not gone. many decent jobs. You can mm. get a job, but fucking hell, it's, think, it's tough think, out there. I think that the phrase entrepreneurship 
generally gets tagged onto Tories. Do you know what I mean? Mm, and, mm. and raging capitalists. But mm. I, for me, it's all about not having a boss. It's liberating. Yeah. Right? Not having a Free boss. Free yourself the from best. the shackles. You know, if Marx was alive today, I reckon he'd be all for it. Not mm. that we're Marxists, but, you know, I don't Groucho mind some, some of the principles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If Groucho was alive today. No, because it's like, you know, it's liberating to be able to you know, make your money and pay your bills without yeah, exactly. answering to some fucking prick. Cunt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. plough your own furrow. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, like, I've got um, relatives uh, who are, you know, nephews, nieces and stuff, and they're, you know, older. They're like millennials. Mm. They're, they've, they've left education, but it's, it's a struggle out there, especially if you want to do something that you find stimulating or fulfilling. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like... Gone are the days where you can go... I mean, you know, working on magazines, which I was like, fucking hell, what a privilege. Do you know what I mean? But it's not... The jobs like that don't seem to exist. So I say to them now, because they often, you know, will ask for advice or whatever. Nowadays, I've started saying to them, do you know what? You should start something up on your own. Now, when we were kids, if someone had said that, you'd be like, who do you think I am? Fucking Wilmot Brown? Do you know what I mean? Start something up on my own? You must be fucking... Who do you think I am? Dex Dexter? Right? <laughs> You got you got to be fucking mad, haven't you? Carl Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> He's the ultimate entrepreneur, Carl Lewis. He just started <laughs> fucking running. Fucking Carl Lewis hey. monetizing my own fucking running. I don't think so, pal. I need I to get a, a fucking boss of job. Carl Lewis. <laughs> what? Do my own tax returns? You must be fucking mental. I'm not Sir Clive Sinclair, right? Inventor of the ZX81. <laughs> um, and that's you're right that's how it was perceived and even in recent years it's kind of like you know cunts on The Apprentice or on fucking Dragon's Den and you think yeah. but times are changing and it's the way that you can bootstrap and fucking get yourself going and earn a few quid and not have a boss and yes, so sir. I think yeah you're right in fact what I think is Andy I think you're really right, and I think that the term entrepreneurship is steeped in sort of 80s Thatcherism still. Yeah. And I think the idea of entrepreneurship needs to be rebranded to encourage normal kids, yeah. right, to get more involved. Definitely. And I think you need to think of a new... Because you've identified this, and it's sort of like, you're exactly right. I think you need to think of a new term instead of entrepreneurship. Contrapreneurship. Yeah, well, there you go. You've done it. And, right, I also think... I will now commence a tour of schools giving talks and lectures. Uh, right, everybody shut up and listen. I'm here to fucking make sure you don't have to fucking I, deliver pizzas for the rest of your life. I am the self-styled contrapreneur, and I'm here to give you some advice. Have you got a I'm not, pen? I'm not joking. You should do a fucking tour of schools, and you should have your own fucking apprentice-style show. Yeah, maybe. Feels like a lot of work, though, mate. <laughs> Feels like a lot it. of aggravation. And that defeats the whole point of what you're preaching. Well, The yeah. just rest philosophy. Mm. Doesn't go hand in hand, does it? Problem. There's two There's two good books that are really well worth a read. I mean, the guy who writes them, I know him fairly well, and he's a really nice bloke. I'm, I'm worried that you're, you might brand him otherwise because he's really posh. But his name is Tom Hodgkinson, and he runs that organisation called The Idler. Oh yeah, I'm familiar with and, him. Yeah, and he and he's, he's he's I think he's written a number of books. Well, it, but I think the Hodgkinsons grew up in the northeast, and they were posh and are posh. 
Mm. So oh, yeah, they're because posh. They, because they grew up in the northeast, that makes them fucking supernaturally posh. No, Do you know what I mean? I've read his brother's book, Will Hodgkinson. Yeah, music writer, isn't he? Yeah, and he wrote a really funny book about their childhood, and it wasn't in the northeast. It was in. It was not far from me. They grew up in Richmond. Oh, okay. And and but they were posh. They both their parents were journalists, but like in the yeah. days when you could be rich and a journalist, right? Yeah. In the eighties. And uh, glory days. Any, anyway, the book is called. I'm the just going to correct food. you. Will Hodgkinson born in Newcastle upon Tyne. There you go. Really? Yeah, I knew this. All right, hang on a sec. Hang but on, hang I on, don't hang on. know. I think I think they probably moved south quite early yeah, on. Early like doors. The, the fella, the fella who wrote the football uh, rules. Who was born in, uh, was it Hull or somewhere? Yeah, and, and I've claimed Barnes. him for my own, and some of the Hull cunters have, got, it's have still been an ongoing debate. It. It's still an ongoing debate in our emails, isn't it? Yeah, I've lost interest. It's like Avim, I don't really care. I don't, I don't even feel any loyalty to my own area, because I wasn't actually born here. And in fact, when I was a kid, I used to really be like... I was particularly sniffy about this area that I now live in because I thought it was full of cunts. So yeah. I'm not going to be patriotic about my current postcode at all. However, uh, they did end up growing up. They're, 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 you can read about it in this book called The House for the Yogis because basically it's a fucking great book, right? Mm. His dad, this isn't the book I was originally talking about, but basically their dad was like medical editor of something like Tele- Telegraph or The Times mm. and their mum was a columnist on another big paper, right? And they lived in Richmond and they had a very middle class upbringing. They both went to private school. And basically one day his dad, they had a dinner party because it was the 80s and they were posh. And his dad ate a fucking dodgy chicken risotto, right? And it gave him such bad food poisoning that he nearly died, right? It was a fucking Mm. super emergency. He had to convalesce and he went off to some sort of fucking... Like, he had to convalesce over six months and he ended up going away to some sort of fucking um, Buddhist monk retreat, convalescence place in another country. I can't remember why. When he came back, something funny had happened to him because of the trauma of the food poisoning near death. Like, it put him in a coma, right? Mm. They'd had to, or they'd had to put him in a coma. And he'd obviously lost his marbles a bit and he came back. And he he renounced all, he, you know, he quit his job, renounced all his, his capitalist lifestyle and started inviting, like, being only into yoga and meditation and he invited all of these fucking yogis and, like, mystical people from India to come and live in the house with him and he turned it into some sort of commune and he sold all the fucking family furniture and all sorts of, like, mad shit. So in the end, the parents split up. It's a funny book. Anyway... That's by Will Hodgkinson. Tom Hodgkinson runs The Idler, and he's a really bright bloke. And he wrote a great book called How to Be Idle, which is a great manifesto on, you know, there's a lot of overlap with our own just rest yeah, exactly. yeah. philosophy. But I would say we're more for the working man. It's the same thing. But, you know. Yeah. He, yeah. He I mean, I imagine the Hodgkinson, the Hodgkinson dad probably, he probably paid the mortgage off by the time he, he went on this retreat no no himself. apparently Are that was not? one of the problems i can't remember the full details but i think one of the problems is he, he like they flogged the house and he gave loads of the money away to the i don't know anyway don't worry about the dad it's the son tom hodgkinson and his just rest ethos which mm. is uh something that you know will appeal to some countries who appreciate our just rest philosophy yeah um yeah, what I was going to originally say the, about the podcast 
thing and my son making a few quid out of it. It then engaged my daughter into the idea. Yeah. But I think like possibly a bit like your daughter, she was mostly thinking about the possible income because she money, just said, yeah. "Can we do a podcast, Dad?" I said, "Well, yeah. What do you want to do a podcast about?" And she just thought for a bit and she went, uh, "Different types of bread." Yeah, that is a good one. Well, is no, it? No, I'd listen to that. God, I don't know. Would I mean, nowadays like- there's so much bread to choose from, mate. I need mm. someone to help me navigate my way through the choices. Do you think so? Like, if you and her could eat all of the bread so I didn't have to, and then yeah. you just report back just and review, then you allow yeah. me to make my choice. Hmm, maybe. We, we couldn't eat the bread while we were podcasting because there's nothing worse than listening to someone eating while they're podcasting. So, hang on a minute. So they'd have yeah. to... Um, they'd have to... She would then... The, the the merch play off the back of that is obviously mm. selling bread, but that's not a good thing to sell because it goes off. It's tricky. You, ca- yeah. you can't drop ship it. The Latvians don't do bread. What? No. We not do bread. It's perishable. Ridiculous. We do no perishable goods here. We it makes no sell- economic sense. No bread, no livestock. We <laughs> learned that the hard way. We tried to do chickens, no good. <laughs> Next thing you know, bird flu everywhere, all over Europe. But yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah, the Hodgkinsons did live in Newcastle because um, they worked on the local papers till about 1970 and then they moved south. All right. So there you go. They've got some of that, you know, northeast DNA in them, even though they weren't born up there. The born. grit, the grit and the steel. Yes, mm. that is is so prevalent in my output. In your blood. <laughs> That's so we, but it must having grit in your blood if you're from the northeast must be get terribly itchy. It does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially at night when you're trying to sleep, you can ah, just feel it around in your fucking veins. Grit everywhere. And then you wake up in the morning and suddenly it's escaped all over your sheets and you're all gritty. You don't know the half of it, mate. <laughs> Should we... Um... With your smooth southern blood. <laughs> you free-flowing oh, southern it's blood. It's like wine. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me fucking sick. Right, Privileged. Yeah, the twits, yeah? My privilege and frivolous blood. Yeah. Right, come um, on. We're, I think we're up to the chapter called Four Sticky Little Boys, aren't we? Yeah. Um, and basically, Mr. Twit is putting glue on the branches of the uh, the big tree uh, to catch birds for the bird pie. Mm. The big dead tree, it's called, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, one Tuesday yeah. evening, uh, four little boys crept into the garden to look at the monkeys. Fine, fair enough. You would, wouldn't you? There's monkeys in that garden. Let's creep in and have a look. It would be um, irresistible. To a school boy. Of course boy. it would. Mm. Of course it would. Uh, after a while, they got tired of looking at the monkeys. I find that implausible. Um, yeah. And they explored further. I'm fucking, I tell you what, I'm fucking tired of this now. We got what else is there? Let's crack on. <laughs> See what else is going on in the neighbourhood. Oh, there's, tr- there's a ladder leaning against that big dead tree. Let's climb up that. Uh, yeah, I can, I can see why you would. Yeah, I can see why you mm. would. And as mm. Dahl himself says, they decided to climb up it just for fun. And then he says, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, fucking, no one said there was. Ruled. What's the pr- pronunciation meant to be again? Ruled, isn't it? Someone pointed this out. It's we ruled. all know him as Rolled, and we'll call him what we want because he's fucking dead Ronald. Now. Fucking, fucking Ronald Dahl. <laughs> 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 fucking named after a lentil curry. Ron Dahl. <laughs> Hello, it's Rondal. Yeah, I put rolled on the books because it sounds more literary. 
<laughs> you can call really me Ronnie. Ronnie Dahlia. <laughs> Kids Book Solutions. What are you Ronnie looking D- for? Ronnie Dahlia, I'm ringing about the money. <laughs> <laughs> He's always <laughs> ringing about the money. <laughs> Hello. Hello, is that Puffin Books? Yeah, it's Ronnie here. Ronnie Dahl, put me straight through to John Puffin. Got got money issues I need to discuss with him. Don't don't say he's out to fucking lunch again. I've had it up to here with that. <laughs> I was a member of the Puffin Club. Oh yeah, I remember mm. that. I think I was yeah. as well. I don't. I can't remember what you got, but you definitely got a. I, don't a, think a, you I do got remember much. the the enamel badge with a with yeah. the Puffin logo on it. But I mean. To be honest, I wasn't going to fucking wear that up to the Upton Park, was I? No, nah, of course Someone not. Someone would have fucking Listen. ripped it off and pinned yeah. me in the face with it. What's this, What's you that? cunt? What's I'm... this, you little cunts? It's ironic. A puffin. I'm it's wearing a puffin. it ironically. It's a puffin. I'm a member of the puffin club. The fucking rock club. The puffin <laughs> club. They publish wonderful children's books. <laughs> And I'm a keen reader, so I joined their club. You <laughs> <Jackie> little nuts. <laughs> Give it here. I'm going to pin you in the boat race. <laughs> Don't pin me in the boat race with my puffin club badge. Can <laughs> <laughs> you call a kid a nonce? Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> they would. I mean, Is that the rule? we're talking about the 80s at Upton Park. There were no rules. It yeah. was a lawless time. I mean, it was, what was it? The ICF, wasn't it? Mm. That's quite they, similar they to the IFS. They were the ones who did it to me, the ICF. Is there a subconscious yeah. thing going on there between you and the ICF and the IFS? Is that what you're trying to breed, perhaps? Jalapeño. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Jalapeño. After the game, there was a huge, there used to be a huge queue at Upton Park Station that went, that was snaked out so far because it was a, a tiny local tube station that was just completely incompatible with, you know, having a big fucking football match at the weekend, right? So the queue yeah. would snake out of the station and all the way down so far that the back of the queue would be at the next station on the line. If you see what I mean, so you're better off just going there. Anyway, the police used to guard it to stop you pushing in. But what Mm. you'd do is someone would cause a distraction. And when the police sat on horseback turning the other way, you'd you'd try and vault over the fucking fence, right? Right, And then lose yourself in the crowd so they couldn't throw you out again. Mm. So that's what we did. And it was after an Arsenal game. We had lost on penalties in the cup, so everyone was in a grumpy mood. Mm. 
and me and my mate both jumped over, but he jumped over a bit ahead of me, and it was a big crowd. So I just like stepped forward a couple of people to stand next to him, and this big bloke, what the fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs> and I went, I went to him. He went, stop fucking pushing in. And I said, and I went, no, I'm just uh, standing with my mate. And he went, I don't give a fuck who you're standing with. Go on, both of you get back there. You and your fucking girlfriend. <laughs> and I was only about 12. I was like, he's not my girlfriend. You don't mean to be so mean. I'm a West Ham United supporter too, you know. Just as much we as you are. That we lost on penalty to Arsenal. But you don't have to be so abusive. <laughs> I'm the a member of the Intercity Farm just like you. I'm the future of this club. I'll be here long after you've gone. <laughs> you should treat me as an equal. I was so scared of this cunt. He was huge. You both get back. You and your fucking girlfriend. I was like, fucking hell. Mate, I'm only a kid. Obviously, I want to stand next to my mate. Still quite wound up about that. I can imagine, yeah. There are some adults who are fucking horrible to children, aren't they? Yeah. I was like, fucking hell, mate. It's not going to fucking take you up loads of time. You know, exactly. like, oh, I'm going to get I'm going to get in a station 20 seconds slower than I was going <laughs> to. But the Puffin Club, getting back to that, yeah, I remember that. Did you <laughs> Did you used to have the book club at school as well where you get, like, a book catalogue and you could order books to get delivered uh, to the school? I think things like that, yeah. Yeah, they were good. The school still have that. The school still have books. <laughs> Yeah, they just, what they've got is just a... Uh, well, at secondary school, they have a library that you can go and hang mm. about in. Um, and in uh, primary school, they've got shelves of books mm. in the hallways. And once you reach a level of reading competence, you have a free pass to take any fucking book you want. Fucking get in. So Len, like last year or whatever reached the stage of reading where he was like, mm. I've got my fucking gold pass. Mm. I'm going to fucking have the shit out of all of these books. Mm. Taking loads of them. Not even reading some of them, just doing yeah, it. Just for the kudos. You know, for the yeah. hell of it. Yeah, I've had just that one, yeah. flaunting it to the other kids. <laughs> all right. What's the matter with you? Can't read to gold standard, you daft <laughs> cunt. Silver cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Puffin Club was the brainchild of Kay Webb, the celebrated editor of Puffin Books. The club itself was born in 1967, mm. and Kay had persuaded Sir, Sir Alan Lane, owner mm. of Penguin Books, that the club would make children into adult readers. Members were not sold books directly. News of new books and requests to review them and short stories by current Puffin writers would drive the young readers into the bookshop. In the first year, 16,058 readers had joined, and from that point on, Kay and the rest of the team almost became members of an extended family. What is a club without a member's badge? The Puffin Club had one of the best. It did have a good badge. But other than that, the proposition, as we read it there, I'm being reminded of the fact that it was a bit shit. It was a marketing campaign, wasn't it, basically? Fucking marketing. And even yeah. now, all these years later, they're not, they can't come clean. This is on their website. They can't come yeah. clean and just go, listen... Right, we wanted to flog books to fucking kids, didn't we? So we thought we'll give the cunts a badge, send them a potsy newsletter once a week. It'll make Short them feel story special. Story now and again, chuck them a ball. And they'll, yeah, and they'll fucking hassle their daft parents to buy whatever shit kids book we've just fucking shat out, right? Because <laughs> most kid books are shit, especially back then. <laughs> well, right? Ronald Dahl himself, you know, he'll he said that in an earlier episode. 
They're fucking yeah. shot. You know what I mean? You're not going out with enough. No piece of nah, piss, the mate. Kids, the kids don't give a fuck either. Stick a couple of monkeys in, stop me, them getting bored. They wanted me to write a fucking short story for the Puffin Club. I said, are you taking the fucking piss? I said, you've had enough out of me already. I've just finished an 84-page fucking book called The Twits. You're not getting fuck all uh, else out of right, me this yeah, year. fucking short story. If you send the fucking cash advance around now. <laughs> but I can tell you, until that's in my fucking hand, the, I can feel it in my hand 100%, then it's you can go be, fuck, write your own fucking short story. It's going to be one page long, and I'm going to want 10% of the fee that I've had for the Twits. Take Let it off and leave it. Ronnie Dahl doesn't fucking sit down in front of his typewriter for less than a fucking wanna. <laughs> oh. oh god! He doesn't go in his little fucking writing shed for peanuts, you know. There's a minimum fucking fee. Uh, yeah, puffing club is a rip-off. So what are these boys up to anyway? Yeah, the boys. Uh, well, there's a ladder there, and there's a tree, so they've climbed up that. Like uh, and next up. morning. Mr. Twit went out to collect the birds. He found four miserable little boys sitting in the tree, stuck as tight as could be by the seats of their pants to the branches. There were no birds because the presence of the boys had scared them away. Mr. Twit was furious. As there are no birds for my pie tonight, he shouted, it'll have to be... (laughs) It'll have to be boys instead. (laughs) He started to climb the ladder. Boy pie might be better than bird pie, he went on grinning horribly. (laughs) Fucking hell. This is, he's worse than that cunt who bullied me at Upton Park. He is. Maybe he's just the same fella. Sucking sounds Maybe like that was Ron Dahl. Yeah. More meat, he was in he the says. ICF. R- Ronnie Dahl was in the ICF for a while in the 80s. Yeah. But he got he got nicked and he yeah. got a banning order. Oh, and right. so he had to give it up. He'd still go down the pub where he couldn't go to the match. He'd go to the pub, but he couldn't go to a pub right by the ground. He had to yeah. go. He couldn't be within a mile radius of Upton Park yeah. on match day. So he had to go and drink in Plasto. <laughs> and his mates would go there, but they'd all fuck off a tent to two because they wanted to get to the match for kick-off. Yeah, they go, you can be all right here, Ronnie. Yeah, go on, yeah. fuck off. I'll just write a fucking couple of chapters while you're at the match. Till you're back. <laughs> <laughs> See you here after. <laughs> Livid. <laughs> <laughs> he says, yeah, boy pie might be better than bird pie. More meat and not so many tiny little bones. Uh, <laughs> Autoland reference there. Yeah. <laughs> I bet Roald Dahl was fucking scuffing Autolands like oh, nobody did. stop Because when, when that Kingsley Amis thing about what a cunt Roald Dahl was showing off, flashing about his money. Yeah. He's exactly the sort of cunt who'd like... cunt. Now, nowadays, right, since they turn fucking Charlie and Chocolate Factory into that film... Like nowadays, I'm just like an Autolan a day man. <laughs> it used to be special occasions. Now I'm having them most days for my lunch. This helicopter I come in today, I usually whiz over to France, get myself an Autolan for my dinner, and come home. <laughs> I pick have it up nap. in France, I come back, and while it's cooking, I have a nap. And then <laughs> when I wake up, it's just about ready to be scuffed. <laughs> get a blanket over my head, get it scuffed, have another nap after. Lovely, sleep it off. That's the thing about Autolands, they're very rich, you've got to sleep them off after. Where are we up now? Yeah, so uh, the boys were terrified. He's going to boil us, cried one of them. 
And then there's a very good Quentin Blake picture on the next page. Brilliant. Absolutely um, brilliant. Of uh, the four little boys stuck on the tree looking fucking terrified while uh, Twit is ascending the ladder to get hold of them with his basket on the ground that he normally puts the birds in. He'll stew us alive, wailed the second boy. <laughs> He'll cook us with carrots, wailed the, th- wailed the third. <laughs> oh, They're absolutely shitting themselves. Um... And the fourth little boy, who had more sense than the others, whispered, Listen, I've just had an idea. We're only stuck by the seats of our pants. So quick, unbutton your pants and slip out of them and fall to the ground. I mean, you know, Dahl is painting a picture here of some young boys not wearing any trousers, and I don't know how I feel about this. It's all a bit different times, isn't it? You see their bare bums. You wouldn't get away with that now. No, absolutely not. more than that... I'm interested in the main picture on the left, with mm. apologies to listeners who cannot see this, but as Andy well, just don't described... Well, I apologise, so they were fucking well wanted. Go and get a copy of the yeah. book. Mr Twitz is fucking climbing up this ladder, and uh, all the, the there's four boys up in the tree, like, panicking, because they're stuck to the tree. But one of them is stuck on the higher branch, mm. and he's sort of leaning backwards. And I tell you who that reminds me of. A, a great deal. I mean, it's almost uncanny. Oh, who do you think that reminds me of? That boy up there, Judkins. It's fucking Judkins. He even yeah. looks like. Honestly, that is what Matthew, his face looks just like Judkins. <laughs> and this kid looks like he's gonna fucking wow. shit out of the tree, which would have been a great idea, lads. I've got an idea. I'm gonna pull down my pants <laughs> and shit on this cunt's face as he's coming up his ladder. <laughs> Hello, Puffin. I want to run a little concept by you. Go see if you see if this will fly or not. I've got this kid right. He's stuck in a tree, and Mister Twit. Yeah, he's the main character. Yeah, he's coming up to try and catch him and put him in a pie and eat him. Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering if the kid can get out of it by shitting in his mouth. Uh, you know, from a height. You know, like Steve Harrison did. Off the wardrobe. It's like yeah. that. Is that's where I've got the idea from? Right. So he's gonna fucking shit out of a tree. Bam! It's going to hit the cunt on the face. Be fucking hilarious. Some might go in his mouth, go in his eyes everywhere. I don't he's know. Got his, he's got this horrible beard and stuff gets stuck in it, so he'll be picking shit out of his beard for weeks to come. Now, I before just I go to the trouble of writing it, I wanted to check, will it get past the censors? Because we've had problems with those cunts before, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> so there's no point me writing it, only for, to have to rewrite it when your lawyers shit themselves because the censors get involved. <laughs> So I want a quick answer. Yes or no? Can he shit on the fella's face? No. Right. Okay. Don't okay, take the FN. I'll think again. I'll just take their trousers off and do a runner instead. <laughs> I'm going to ring Quentin Blake now and get to see if he can draw little boys' asses. Quentin. Quentin. Have you started on the shit? Well, rub it out. Because it's a shit. no. It's a no from Puffin. Rub that out and get drawing in. No, I still want to see their ass. But in a different context. No shit at all, apparently. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> the bo- the little boy's asses need to be very, very clean. <laughs> <laughs> not Even not anything that could be construed as shit, even if you meant it just as a freckle. <laughs> no, they were quite strict about that, to and be honest. No, no skid marks in the trousers either that are stuck to the tree. <laughs> they're very anti-shit, those lads around at Poppins. <laughs> they've got to be nipping know, clean. Maybe, maybe they're Christians or something, I don't know. <laughs> I've never been in I'm not sure <laughs> they're a funny bunch I tell you that <laughs> some of the things they object to I'm surprised by it some of the things they let go by 
I'm even more surprised, man. <laughs> I just can't second guess the cunts. It's a constant battle. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, I can tell you're upset because you've gone to a lot of trouble drawing him doing that shit. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll buy that off you as a specially commissioned print because I wouldn't mind that up on the wall in my in my little writing <laughs> hut. It's quite funny. So you sign it, right, get it framed up, and you quote me a, a fair price, and then, you know, it won't have been worked on to waste. You sign it, but don't put my name on it. Don't put to Ron or anything like that, because I might want to sell it down the line. <laughs> yeah, get it done, Quentin. Come on, stop fucking lots, whinging. Lots of shit in the beard. That'd be great. I've given you a way out here, Quentin. Yeah, right? we're all winners here now. <laughs> oh, so uh, there we go, uh... It says, Mr. Twit had reached the top of the ladder and was just about to make a grab for the nearest boy when they all suddenly tumbled out of the tree. It's a fucking high tree, to be fair. Mm, and they're all I jumping did. out of it. He skipped the bit where he shows them jumping out. Yeah. Kids jumped from higher heights back then, didn't they? Yeah, you just did it, didn't you? You were all... I mean, I don't know. I remember jumping from quite a few heights. Mm. I wasn't a top jumper. I'm not saying I was a daredevil, no. but it was just part of, an, of a boy's everyday life you, in the 80s. You'd jump and you'd maybe, not sprain, but, you know, tw- twist your you ankle maybe a little bit and you'd, sk- you'd limp yeah, for a little sometimes bit. You'd, sometimes you'd just re- simply really hurt the soles of your feet. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, it, that would be the injury. But that's that's it. Kids have got, like, softer bones, haven't they? So you can jump out of a tray, land, you might jar your ankle a bit and you run Get it off. Up, run off. But nowadays, when was the last time you saw a kid jump from a height? Never. I don't see it. My kids have never done it. My they're kids all, don't do any jumping about. These days. Yeah. Different well, times. I mean, it's not it's my fault as much as theirs because, like, now it'd be like if one of them was at a great height, mm. I'd be like, oh, "Get down from there! Don't jump!" Exactly. Whereas yeah, you'll die. When, when we were kids, like my mum would have just been having a fag and reading the mirror. Go on, jump if you're gonna jump. Don't if you don't. Stop fucking yapping it. about it. Yeah, stop fucking yapping on about it, you can't. I'm trying to read the Dear Marjorie column. <laughs> <laughs> Jump or fucking don't. <laughs> um, it says, Mr. Twitter reached the top of the ladder and was just about to make a grab for the nearest boy when they all suddenly tumbled out of the tree and ran for home with their naked bottoms winking at the sun. Winking? Uh, <laughs> winking at the sun. Uh, uh, fucking hell, what? Ron. Oh, I thought I'd gone too far there, but they didn't yeah. mind. It was an obvious reference to their fucking brown eyes. <laughs> One for the dads. <laughs> what? Oh, no, don't worry, I'm only walking about. I don't worry, I'm just walking about with I you. I maybe he's had a bit too much brandy when I wrote that bit. <laughs> Never mind, next chapter. <laughs> Uh, right, we're going to call it the Great Upside Down Monkey Circus. I made that up. Sometimes I write words and put them in a hat and then I just pull a load out and arrange them into a chapter title. I think just when people started to dwell too much on the winking bums, they'll turn the page and see the Monkey Circus and that'll distract them. They'll forget about it. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll leave it there, I think. Good. And we'll do the Great Upside Down Monkey Circus in the next episode. There's a teaser for you. Have you heard How much one? have we read of this book? I haven't oh, even halfway through 50, yet. 52 pages and it's got 93 
94. Yeah, we're well, all I've right. I've got a different got... addition to you. Have you? I'm on, for... I'm on page 44. Are you? Well, I'll oh. give you as a percentage, then we'll say we're, we're about 55% through it, as a Kindle might say. Yeah. So there's probably about oh, yeah, 10 episodes my book, It looks like halfway through. In my book, there's a huge fucking load of extra content at the back that, that? I have a feeling Roald Dahl himself didn't do. That oh, right. He's, activities Since he's stuff. been dead... They've written some extra stuff, like some behind-the-scenes shit about Added the tweets, more about the tweets. Then they've done a mm. massive thing all about Quentin Blake. Meet Quentin Blake. <gasps> I can't believe I haven't seen this, mate. We can um, what? we can deep dive this. They've hey, got at the back of the edition I've got. They've got a double page spread of Meet Quentin Blake, right? right? And it's just loads of shit about him and the drawing of him and all that. And right. then on the next page. And this is going to be more diveable than the twits. A day in the life of Roald Dahl. <laughs> I'm going to require a copy of that. We're doing that. Is it? Roald Dahl had a very strict daily routine. I've got a very strict daily routine. Right? I have it all mapped out to the last second. I've got a... I, I, need, I need order. I'm one of those blokes who needs order. Right? Schedules. <laughs> routine. <laughs> says he would eat breakfast in bed and open his post right well, first don't, stop don't, breakfast don't, in bed don't fucking dive it now <laughs> save it for later yeah that's it for this one we'll be back with more oh, next week mate but no we've, we've got to get to this it's amazing we right. will we will okay. all in good time my friend all in good time <laughs> and that is the end of this episode um, and it's the Monkey Circus next time. Take the FN dickheads. See ya. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.